Seems like every week we find out reinforcement that the housing market is absolutely on fire. They're building houses everywhere, especially in Texas, all the way to Oklahoma. But now there's a problem about affordability and construction costs. And this may make multifamily a little more attractive. Somebody who has tremendous experience in multifamily and has bought billions of dollars worth of or a billion dollars worth of apartments over the last decade or so is Carlos Vaz. He's the CEO of Condi Organization. We welcome him back. It's good to have you with us. Well, thank you for having me here, Dave. I appreciate so, it. So we were last talking in, in, in the, you know, right in the guts of COVID-19. A, a lot's changed. Yes. But, but one of the things we kept hearing about is people don't want to live in apartments anymore. They're, they they, they want to be away from town and they want space and they don't want to be cooped up. But now it looks like they're being forced back toward multifamily. Yeah, I think that you need to look at this year from uh, two perspectives, right? So number one, um, it's a point that you already touched, Dave, affordability. I mean, it's uh, you see a lot of these houses being sold, but look who is buying the houses is middle class and up. For us here in Texas, in Dallas, for example, trying to find a house in Dallas less than $300,000. It's impossible. You, you're going to be far away from, you're going to be far away. It's a, it's, it becomes a challenge. I think that uh, lumber alone, according to a Wall Street Journal article, increased 47%. Yeah. The cost of land, I mean, labor. So all this year, the entry-level homes is getting to the 400. And if you get places with go, good schools like Plano and Frisco, you're easily in the $500,000 and more. So that affordability has become a reality check for some many buyers out there. Say, listen, I don't want to buy a house. I, 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 I don't have 20% to buy this house. I need to look for apartments. So the, there is this idea, come back to the apartments. However, the issue we have is that before the pandemic, we already had the shortage of 4.6 million apartments in the U.S. We didn't solve that issue. That issue is just getting bigger. Because construction has to slow down a little bit. So uh, we need to solve for hey, what's going to be your house, where people are going to be going. And even for some people now, that's the other point, for some people that end up buying a house, their realization is actually it's too far from everything that I used right. to have. Right. I'm missing my walkability. So, so are, um, are apartments going up, going back up again? I mean, are they? Is there oh, a lot? big time. Really? Are, they are, but we, we're way behind, right? We need to build more. So we're, so you're, you've concentrated in Texas, in, in, yes. and, and you've, you've been one of the biggest boosters of, of Texas, Dallas, Austin, San Antonio, Houston. But now mm-hmm. I understand that you've opened up, what, in Miami and, and Sao Paulo? We have offices. We have uh, have an office from our investors, right? We we're taking a much more international point of view. So far, we see a lot of things that from investors come from Latin America. We have an office in Brazil. We have an office in Miami. There's a good chance in the next, uh, I would say, 12 to 18 months, there's going to be an European office as well. But that's more for the investment standpoint. So the investors to, mm-hmm. to attract investors to turn around and buy real estate to, in Texas. In Texas, and at the same time, we, we expect in the next uh, three to four months, we're expanding the whole company to the Sun Belt states. 
So it's no longer Texas. It's Texas. It's going to be Georgia, the Carolinas, Florida, Tennessee. Yep, the county is going to be there. And how long, when you buy, and I know the last count I had, you had something like 8,300 apartments, 29 different communities. How long do you mm-hmm. hold? Well, typically you can say four to five years. That's typically. And then uh, either we sell. If you don't sell, it's for very good reasons. We're going to keep as part of our portfolio. You know, you started your company at the worst possible time in, in 2008. <laughs> I mean, the, the world was coming to an end. Yes. We came that close to the world coming to an end in 2008 I know. and 2009. <laughs> and so now you've just gone through 2020. Was this a walk in the park compared to what 08 and 09 were? Um, no, I, I think that um, it was never a walk in the park. I think very different moments. Um, of course, if you look at 2018 and you're spot on, um, I think any good leadership you should never assume things, right? Oh, I've been there before. Um, so what can go wrong, right? Here in your in your office, we say all the time, we like the patties from uh, Wendy's because they are square, never cut corners, right? So uh, don't assume that you're in a recession. You can do exactly like this one was very different, right? Uh, so this one, actually, this one was perhaps uh, our biggest uh, growth that you have seen in the company from... Perhaps in the last twelve months, we have done. In making more for acquisitions, the you mean? Uh, acquisitions on that division, not as much, but we create a whole new division on preferred equity and um, and mezzanine that is growing extremely fast. That new division, it's I would say on pace. If it goes like this within a year and a half, would be as big or bigger than Kant itself. Wow. So, so let's look back over the last year. I'm, I'm curious about what you had to overcome. There yeah. was, there was a moratorium on evictions, yes. and there were a whole lot of people who couldn't pay rent. Yep. How did that hit you? It hit us hard. I mean, it's, uh, it's there is. You need to look at from uh, different perspectives, right? You have your financial obligations to your investors, and we also you need to understand what's happening to your tenants, right? And at the same time, you need to take care of your staff, of your people. So you're dealing with three buckets here. What can you do for the best for the investors, for your tenants, to ensure that I understand where we're coming from? How can we work together? Not, sorry, you're not paying here, you're out of here. Um, and the other one is ensuring to our staff that things are, are, are fine. Um, what do we did? Number one is take care of our staff. We need to take care of our people, ensuring that nobody's going to be sent home. Uh, we're not going to cut any salary of anyone whatsoever. You didn't you have, cut salaries. We didn't cut any salary. We we actually we hire more people than we uh, than we had because many times we had to have team one, team two, and team three available. What happens if a property manager gets sick? I cannot just do a post and trying to hire another property manager. I better have another property manager to take over that property on the spot. Right. So it was a, a big challenge. Um, some our collections, the fiscal occupancy kept the same. The fiscal occupancy kept the same. You can say that 94, 95, the, uh, the economic occupancy went down because some people are not paying. But also working with them, um, I can say it causes a delta of almost 6% that people not paying. 
But at the same time, you saw some people willing to pay. You have the first package from the U.S. government, people more willing to pay a little bit more. Um, and it's a slow process. I think that you more than ever, we need to take that approach that how can we work together? It's not a, hey, you don't have to pay. It's good to have some financial obligations, some responsibility. Yeah. Right? In the day and age, we all need some responsibility. So were you helping them uh, apply for, you know, for, for loans or for, for assistance? If they need some help from us, something that not only to apply for loans and assistance, um, if for some reason your kids are not going to school, uh, this place is willing to give uh, virtual classes or they can help your kids with backpacks. We personally make additional donations for schools and for food, right? If you don't have enough food, these places is also helping you to uh, have food as well. Yeah. I think that it's just showing them that hey, it's not a one way. You pay me and go home. You pay me and uh, or pay us in this case. And how can we work together? So tell me what's hot right now in, in, in the Texas market. Dallas, Austin. Austin's got to be. San Antonio? Is that slowed down? It's uh, everything in Texas is on fire. Uh, then when you look at the major, when you look at the major cities, right, Dallas, Austin, uh, and Houston, it's a, I mean, everything is a, and it's a, it's on fire because uh, we have the two major drives of any uh, any foundation real estate, people, a massive amount of people coming here. And the second one, jobs, a massive amount of jobs being created. So when HP moved their headquarters now to Houston, when Oracle goes to uh, Austin, Elon Musk comes to Austin, all this year, uh, it's a massive amount of people um, and jobs being created. And in addition to that, if you look at the US as a whole, what happens to the other real estate classes? Hotels took a big hit. And it's going to take a little bit longer and hotels are going to be back. Office, I'm at my office today, like you and I were talking before, right? Um, 80% of our staff is working from home. There's productivity has, in, has increased, but we don't need this, 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 the same office space. So yeah. that's something for us to figure out. Well, in conversion, so you know, some talk about taking hotels, existing hotels and converting them into multifamily. If we've Maybe got that works, uh, it's going to be a challenge. It's not as simple, but because in, in, in my mind, I mean, I always think about operational costs. Right. So you get a hotel is not as efficient operationally. So convert that to multifamily. You can as long as you're okay with the operational cost. Right. All right. So what last thing? So you're the CEO of a company. You've got a lot. You've got a lot of constituencies and you've always got to be looking over your shoulder. If there's a black swan, because yeah. everything looks good right now, everything looks great. If there's a black swan, where does it come from? If you and I were having coffee two years ago, and I'm going to tell you that you're going to have a virus like this, they're going to shut down the world. You'd laugh at me, right? Yes. So exactly. So we're in a day and age that we don't know where things are coming from. So we got a, a horrible virus that have a massive impact worldwide, not only in the U.S. One of the concerns we have, it's uh, cybersecurity. I think cybersecurity, many companies are, fa are fairly exposed. Talk yeah. about Black Swan. Right. Something can happen, cybersecurity shut down the whole country in a certain way or, or places or states. 
it, I mean, that's uh, that's something that we we need to see. Yep. Um, when you see, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this idea of uh, politics and economics coming together, right? Because we have done so much trying to help, but how are we going to come together? Is that going to turn to a black swan? It is. Um, what the data is telling us, economically speaking now, is we're getting this post-vaccination economy that's going on fire. The data is showing that by 2022, I mean, unemployment in the U.S. is going to be at the highest from the last 10 years. That's what the data is telling us. Uh, a black swan might be lack of labor in the U.S. Yep, especially if we keep the borders closed. That's that's actually a good that's a good thought. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Carlos <laughs> Vaz is CEO and co-founder of Cotty Organization, and we wish you the best. Congratulations. You made it through well, what has to be the worst for a while. Good to yes. have you with us. Keep doing our best. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for Barbara conversation with Mr. Vaz. Go to krld.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.